What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's a business. Dead Meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're a boyfriend and girlfriend, and we like to get scared together. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, this week, Julie Adams, the star of the Creature from the Black Lagoon, passed away. Age of 92, though. That's yeah. a good, good long life. So we thought go. it would be more than appropriate, especially since today also happens to be the 65th anniversary of the film. Today as in when you're listening this or Tuesday, watching Tuesday, February 12th. Yes. Yeah. February 12th. Yep. 65th? Yep. Cool. So I, yeah. What other movie could we have done this week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. I think Stars we, we aligned. had to. Exactly. Plus, we we like to go through these old uh, Universal movies. Now there are only three of the original Universal monster films we haven't watched yet. Mummy, Phantom, and Dracula. Mm Mm-hmm. With the armadillos that we got yelled at for not yeah. knowing in Monster Squad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or like Gilman. Gilman, yeah. We didn't yeah. know that was his name. I had no idea he was called that yeah. officially, and it wasn't just kind of a made-up yeah, name like for him. A goofy name, but no, that's all over this movie. That's what they call him. Mm-hmm. Gilman. Gilman. <laughs> this is one where I think a lot of these older movies, like, I'm sure I saw it on TV as a kid, but I've never and watched it as a critical film viewer sorry yeah. our cat is climbing on the set i'm a little distressed by what she's gonna knock over yeah and how. she's pretty close to that machete but oh boy we're yeah. filming this at night which we normally don't do so i think that's kind of freaking her out because this is normally playtime <laughs> so this will be interesting uh, lucy from the black lagoon oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, so Creature from the Black Lagoon, classic. It's a classic for a reason. And it is amazing how when you watch it, you definitely see all the roots of of what became Shape of Water, too. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, So I <laughs> this one I compiled a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff for kind of research. Because the movie itself is, like, the plot's pretty... It's simple. A lot of scenes of swimming a lot of scenes of swimming um so we've on on dead meat we've covered invisible man on the podcast mm-hmm. and i covered frankenstein on a kill count and then just separately we've we watched, watched wolf wolfman and was there another one that we watched mm-hmm. we did bride, bride of frankenstein mm-hmm. uh and when we finished this one we both agreed it was, it was our least favorite yeah so far of the universal it's also um, set apart from all those other ones I just mentioned by when it w- was released. This came out in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Those other ones that I was talking about were in the 30s. Yeah, although uh, they're making sequels and shit. Like that course. that factory still going. Yeah, for sure. Up to when this is made, like this doesn't just come out of nowhere, but no. still those original ones are yeah, a couple decades before. And you feel that difference. I mean, 50s is like I was saying, it feels like golden age studio era like that's when movies are being made whereas you hear a movie from the 30s and you're like oh they're still trying to figure it out kind of yeah so that that difference is definitely felt uh not only in kind of how it was made but also just the the subject of everyone they're talking about going to space and like a lot of lofty science ideas because it's the cold war mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's very different yeah than the other universal movies it's less gothic Mm-hmm. Like you said, and the it's... subtext. Yeah, you're right. The subtext are all kind of different because mm-hmm. this one is. Uh, I think you could look at this and Frankenstein, and just look at how science is portrayed in both of those. Like yeah. science and Frankenstein is really scary, and we're freaked out by the idea of man tampering with God's abilities. <laughs> but this scientists, this. yeah, scientists in this are all. They're just kind of. I mean, Mark sucks. He's the guy who puts up the money for this operation we'll talk about him but yeah there are there are heroes the heroes are scientists and uh we seem much more okay with them fucking with nature because they just go around and kill a bunch of fish as they're looking for guilt they just poison a lake (laughs) a lagoon i guess it's questionable scientific (laughs) practice i don't know if it's worth it in the end yeah so let's we'll get into it lucy's on top of my notes excuse us lucy 
Yeah, so this movie is also unlike a lot of the other Universal monsters. This isn't really based on anything that existed already. Oh, I Gilman is just kind of an original just like an, creation. An idea? Yeah, I mean, oh. it's inspired by The Lost World, the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle oh. book. Not the Jurassic Park sequel. Not the Jurassic Park sequel. And a story that apparently producer William Allen heard from cinematographer Gabrielle Figueroa at a party, I think, about a race of half fish, half humans that lived in the Amazon. And that kind of light bulb went off. That reminded me of Shape of Water. Um, and that oh, they're would... always talking about the Amazon. Exactly, that. yeah. It's yeah. the race of, and they're, they're worshipped as gods. They're worshipped as gods. race of, yeah. <laughs> I don't need fingers to kill Gilman. Yeah. Oh, my God. I um, <laughs> love Shape of Water, and I love Michael Shannon's gross fingers. Remember how cool the Oscars were last year? Dude, the Oscars <laughs> were a lot of fun last year. Yeah. I'm not as excited this year. Annihilation got robbed. Yeah, it did. Uh Okay, so Jack Arnold's brought on to direct. He also did It Came From Outer Space, Tarantula, Incredible Shrinking Man. So big sci-fi dude. Uh, no, that was a little sci-fi dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Shrinking <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It Came From Outer Space was released in 3D, and that's a huge success. So they decide to release this in 3D as well, and they promote it as the first underwater 3D. They can't promote it as like the second 3D movie to come out. <laughs> is it the second 3D movie? I don't know. I don't. Th- okay. I don't know if it's the second one, but you know, this is this is part of the first wave of 3D, though, right? Uh-huh. In the 50s. Um. Yeah. I think. Damn. I'm already kind of losing. Like, because I did a bunch of research on 3D for a gimmicks episode. I'm already kind of like, oh, oh yeah. it seems a little mushy. Uh, I I think 3D is like. There's a lot of old 3D that I think. It's older than you think it would be, but this is like the first, yeah, wave of like consumer, like broad release 3D. Yeah, because there was 50s, 80s, and then Avatar. Right. Okay. And weirdly, and I had no idea um, about this either until I did research for the gimmicks episode. The red and blue. 3D glasses, that wasn't really the 3D we were using back in the 50s. We were using polarized lenses, which is closer to, oh, this is such a theme park nerd thing, but <laughs> they, they've they upgraded the glasses now so they're higher tech. But for a while, if you went and saw the Muppet Show 3D at Disney World <laughs> or other shit like that, you'd be wearing the polarized glasses. Do you glasses. them for bugs? What, Bugs Life? Yeah. I mean, they're all like upgraded and shit now. But okay. yeah, it's it's the... it's. it's they basically look like sunglasses. Yeah. It's not the red and blue. And yeah, it's closer to kind of what uh, we do today. Star Wars? Star, yeah. Star Tours? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. those would all use polarized um, polarized 3D, which basically is you have a 3D rig. And they have pictures. It's cool. They have footage of the rig on the special features on the Blu-ray, which I thought was really interesting. But it's basically two... What were you going to say? The creature Oh, the cre- that's right. The creature features. That's what we're going to call them. Thank you. <laughs> the special creature features. The special, the creature features. You have two cameras. Basically, they work like eyeballs. You're there like photographing two slightly different angles of something. So then you have to have two projectors at the movie theater playing at the exact same time, slightly different angles of this movie. So what would happen, and this is why 3D kind of fell off, is because it was so hard to get project like projectionists at theaters who gave a shit because <laughs> it's just teenagers working at the theater yeah. so you would run into the issue of even a one projector being played a split second later than the other one and then it just looks like shit and everyone has a big headache and so a lot of people i don't think realized they thought the 3d was just bad it wasn't it was bad projection when you start to realize what was happening in the exhibition end uh you could understand why the system died out so quickly. 3 rig built by photographer and cinematographer Scotty Wilburn, who I learned, I was Googling him, apparently super handsome. Oh, yeah? Yeah, to the point where he was constantly asked to be on screen, and he just always said no. He's like, I just <laughs> I just want to film shit. Please leave me alone. I'm so handsome. My life is misery. Yeah, that must suck. <laughs> <laughs> the cast of this movie, a lot of sci-fi actors. We have... Richard Carlson as Dr. David Reed. He was in It Came From Outer Space, so he already knew Jack Arnold 
and was brought on to work on this. We have Julie Adams. She is so great. I know. She's so good in this. She's at Kay Lawrence. I don't know if she's a doctor, if her character's a doctor. I, th- I think so, maybe. I don't know. She was correcting scientists. Yeah, she was. That was real cool. Yeah. She was such a confident woman. I know. It was awesome to see. Yeah. She's a, she's a fun character who's smart. And knows just as much as all the guys that she's with on this expedition. Like, she's a scientist and yeah. knows what she's doing. Well, the chances are much greater that that hand belonged to an amphibian, Mark. One that spent a great deal of time in the water. Well, then how do you account for the structure of the fingers? Obviously for land use. She also was in a lot of westerns and won a Golden Boot Award in 1999. What was that for? Her accomplishments in westerns. Oh, who, who hands out the Golden Boot? Dude, I don't know. I bet Clint Eastwood, personally. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> he hands out the boot, or he has won? He, st- he sticks it up your ass. Yeah, I guess he shoves that boot right up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's one of the first to be cast in the movie, and she basically got assigned to this movie. She didn't have a choice because this is, like, peak studio, studio era. You, sure. like, they look at you. You're, you're an actor contracted to a studio. You have, a like, a specific look. They want you to be in these kinds of things. Like, they basically make your career for you, and you don't have a choice. Yeah. So. And I think uh, I think we actually did gloss over this. She just passed away. She literally, yeah. Yeah, right. I mentioned at the top. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, But, but course, she, yeah, yeah she like, just passed away. Real, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, nine days ago when they're listening to this? Mm-hmm. Like, so just over a week ago. Less than a week ago for us right now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, she's on the, the creature features as well. It's <laughs> She speaks really fondly of this movie. That's good. Yeah, it's nice. I like watching the interviews with her a lot. Basically, we're all storytellers or weavers of dreams. We have monsters in dreams and so on. And maybe it's a way of making friends with those monsters, <laughs> these horror pictures. And I'm delighted that people still enjoy this picture. We have Richard Denning as Dr. Mark, who is her loving. No, no, Dr. Mark is the asshole guy. Yeah, he's like the financier. Yeah, who is really handsome and looks like Ian Glenn from Game of Thrones. He looks exactly like <laughs> Ian looks- Glenn, who's Jorah Mormont. In Game of Thrones, he this looks guy so much like him. just looks fucking exactly like him. Yeah. I couldn't get over it. Yep. So he also did a lot of sci-fi films, and he was married in real life to the female lead of The Wolfman. Do you remember her, Evelyn Anchors, the oh, one who he's, he's like, like watching through, through, the, through telescope. the telescope? Yeah. Yeah, they were married from 1942 until she died in 1985. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. So uh, also, I will note Richard Dennings, who plays Doctor Mark Williams. He's walking around this movie, towering over everyone. He looks like a giant. Yeah. Five eleven. Yeah. Because back then, man, like we talked about this a little bit, just for a little side quest. Like you didn't used to have to be an Adonis to be in movies back then. You know for what? Women and men. You know what though? I they didn't really talk about this on the creature feature but <laughs> they they cast the the land actor for the creature ben chapman for his height because he was six five i wonder wow. if oh. they also cast actors who were a little on the smaller side so Maybe. that when they're next to him he looks super tall yeah i don't know that could be we have antonio moreno as dr carl he was a big silent film actor i was looking at his films that he did before like he was in a ton of silent films he was like kind of that age like Hitchcock age dude where they have this whole career before movies have sound yeah that's a crazy tumultuous transitionary time and his career suffers big time when we start getting sound films because he had a really thick Spanish accent he's from Madrid Mm. so he starts doing character roles and his biggest roles were this and the searchers did you watch the Searchers? no I never saw the Searchers. god the searchers is so fucking long yeah that's probably why I haven't seen it it's so long and I think it's boring i know it's a classic is that eastwood no that's um i'm sorry john ford oh uh, uh, yeah and i don't know westerns it, that's fine i don't really know westerns either but that's a but john I'm ford movie and superhero movies go the way of fuck, them it's so long <laughs> it's so long nestor paiva is captain lucas uh portuguese born he also appears in the sequel revenge of the creature oh okay and he had a ton of tv and film appearances he did a ton of voices in johnny quest which i thought was very funny he did some other voice work too. Then we've got Whit Bissell as Doctor Edwin. Like, is that the guy who is just like, who the fuck is he? Yeah, we're, yeah, they, yeah. they kind of get the gang together, and you're like, okay, I get why 
this person, this person, and this person are there, but who's this? Yeah, because like you get you have like the older doctor who's like the guy who is looking for the creature. He finds the creature yeah. Finn. And then you have Julie Adams, easy, yeah. only woman, her love interest, okay. Their boss, the financier guy. And then and then Edwin. question mark. This guy walking around with a fucking pipe. And yeah. whenever he puts that pipe away, I forget who he is. He's kind of moral support later. <laughs> He's kind of mummy support later. He gets <laughs> oh, attacked right. and just wrapped up in bandages and just sits the rest of the movie out. Yeah. No, he he's, he gets up and is walking around. <laughs> yeah, but he played a scientist and like a ton of other shit, which I thought was funny. Like talk about typecasting and like specific B-movie horror sci-fi scientist too he was an i was a teenage werewolf and i was a teenage frankenstein (laughs) and invasion of the body snatchers so uh then we have two actors who play the creature because there's one for underwater and one on land Mm -hmm. so we've got our underwater actor rico browning they cast him when the crew was location scouting wakala wakala springs i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right where's that at florida Mm. Is they that liked, where they shot those? They shot underwater stuff in Florida and above water stuff in California at, at Universal. At Universal, of course. Yes, I believe so. But I know they had two units. Um, yeah, I guess they liked how this dude swam underwater. He was just like helping them location scout, but he also had a whole career as a water show performer. Which we were, I think we were just talking about this, like how that blew our minds that that can be a career. Being like a water, like ski performer and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was because you to, met someone who does that. Yeah, uh, I was talking. I had a dinner with someone who uh, did like the skiing with like the tr- people on triangles That's on each other's ama- shoulders. Like and shit. I didn't know people did. Yeah, that. I thought that was just in like beach party movies yeah. and wasn't for real. But um, no. Nope. But he started doing stunt like water stunt stuff for films. So he directed the underwater stuff in Thunderball. Yeah. 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 Because when we were watching this movie, there's a lot of underwater sequences. It's a lot, and yeah. it reminded <laughs> me of Thunderball, the third James Bond movie, which is like over two hours long and over a quarter of it is fucking underwater. And I think it's underwater with like no sound because it's just like underwater shots of stuff moving around. So it's hilarious that this guy directed that. Yeah, but he directed stuff up and like recently as Boardwalk Empire in 2010, he did some underwater unit stuff. And he co-created Flipper, the fucking dolphin. The like Flipper, the character. Do you know Flipper? Yeah, in 63? That's how old Flipper is? Mm-hmm. The oh. one we remember is a remake. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. He co-created Flipper. Ben Chapman was the above water creature again. I feel like he gets more recognition as the creature. I think so, too. But whenever I was reading about him and in the, the creature features, he kind of he emphasizes there's two people yeah. playing this creature. He's not... Uh, He's Bud not, Westmore. He's not Bud Westmore trying oh, to Oh, Bud take Westmore. All the We're about to talk about that fucker. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Ben Chapman's cast because he's really tall. He's 6'5. Previously a real estate executive before doing this. <laughs> and he mentioned that in his interview that apparently the studio for a while would not credit him or Rico because they wanted the creature to seem real. This like, isn't Blair Witch Universal. Yeah, Fuck it off. reminded me of. Um, like theme park characters are they not allowed to say that's their job they they i think they can say um they can say they're character performers and, and that they're friends they're of... a friend of the you know but you're never like credited or you're never playing that it just <laughs> that's what that reminds me because they would have meet and greets with the fucking the creature and stuff at movie theaters yeah. and shit so it's real like he's here at the theater remember when we went to our exercise class and the instructor outed a person there our as instructor she's straight like, hey, up this- doxed a tinkerbell <laughs> yeah, in like, front hey, of she's tinkerbell <laughs> at disneyland and like chelsea and i were like <gasps> oh shit you can't do that but then i looked at her and it was the tiniest woman and absolutely that's the person that flies over the castles like yeah i yeah and of course we were the only ones who were like 
Oh my god. It was just <laughs> Did she just say that? I just think it's so funny because they have like fucking microphones and shit at the place we go to. And it was like, she's taker about Disney. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck. People outside heard you. Oh my god. They're gonna like the Disney SWAT team is gonna yeah, come. Yeah, it just in. descends from the And ceiling. then we all get men in black. So, like you won't remember any of <laughs> Dude, that might have happened. Maybe. Uh oh my god, where am I? Oh, Millicent, speaking of Disney. Yeah. yeah, speaking of Disney, the creature itself was designed by Millicent Patrick, who is the first female animator at Disney Studios. Nice. This was her baby. They in the documentary I was watching, they said that she she toured with the publicity for the movie and was like just very like really proud of this. And so of course we gotta have someone rain all over her parade, and that person is Bud Westmore, who is a makeup artist on the team. Um, the Westmores are a are actually like a very big family of makeup artists. Like they're like just legacy makeup artists. I don't know if I can think of a famous Westmore who's working right now, but oh my god, the reason Bud Westmore is so familiar to me. I heard that name and I was like, oh, I must have seen stuff, other stuff that he's done makeup on. No, that's not it. He has a building. At Universal, the Bud Westmore building, mm-hmm. which is where I worked for my first oh, half year wow. working there. Like you came and visited yeah. me. It's where the golf carts are parked underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Bud Westmore oh, building. Oh, wow. If anyone's been to Halloween Horror Nights, the toxic tunnel, scare tunnel, when you're walking under that tunnel, the building over you is the Bud Westmore building. Oh, that's Named cool. after this guy. Named after this asshole. <laughs> I mean, maybe he was nice, but I, I don't... Yeah. No one in this behind the scenes thing had anything nice to say about him. Uh, he hated that a woman, that a female, <laughs> a female was given credit for this creature's design, and he hate he felt he must have felt so emasculated um, to the point where he he downplayed her involvement so hard for years. To the point where she basically was erased from the film's history until really recently people have been giving her the credit she deserves, like film historians and shit. And, you know, I was thinking about this while I was getting ready. You know who makes sure that people like that get the credit they deserve is fucking nerds, dude. <laughs> nerds, <laughs> like, because they, in in this thing, this behind the scenes thing, they interviewed this guy who... I didn't even catch what he does, like his job. He's just a collector. Like, I think he's just, his lower third is like, he's a movie prop collector. (laughs) So he has all these like molds and shit from Creature and like some of the original um, like test masks and stuff, like old designs. And he has a completely like screen accurate reproduction of the suit, like down to like the little scales and stuff. So yeah, nerd. But this guy, (laughs) yeah. But this guy's the one who's like, no, no, no. Millicent Patrick is the one who, so you know that like, like his nerds, are going to be the ones to go back and like dig through films history and be like, oh, this lady designed this thing. And we had no idea. It's not the studio who's doing it. Like who else is doing it but the most diehard fans like this guy in the DVD extras. Thanks, nerds. Thanks, nerds, for giving this woman her her due. Um, Ben Chapman also talks shit about Bud Westmore during his interview in this. He's talking about a completely unrelated, like a different makeup artist. I've always given credit to the person that put me together from the inception to the back lot, Jack Keevan. And I just feel that Jack Keevan never got the recognition that he should have because he was kind of overshadowed by Bud Westmore. It sounds like Bud Westmore had um, kind of an ego. And so. Well, uh, hey, you know what? Got a building named after him. That's true. Guess it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it helps being in a giant makeup family, too. Oh, yeah. The creature's design was almost eel like at first. And if you watch the features, I'll put in clips and stuff. But if you're listening to this, yeah, go check out the video. It, his design was like, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not because the. the Creature as we know him has, he's got the gills and scales and he's very textured. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine if an, if he's like eel based instead of fish based, he's like a smooth, slippery voice. I was thinking of the uh, generic denizens of Bikini Bottom. Yes. No, exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought of too. Is they, yeah. I think they did screen tests and we're like, no, he looks like a, like a weird, just like a tube. Still looks pretty weird in the movie. He's walking around with his little, <laughs> like, um, move, um, his um, mouth. It's like a fish. I know. It's um, Oh, but also, 
it's rumored that this weird eel version was going to be repurposed as a lady creature for a sequel where the creature gets a love interest that likes him back. We didn't get that. <laughs> that didn't happen. Oh man, we missed out on some fish fucking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that like weird original design that collector and like has <laughs> the he has the actual old one that was just thrown in the garbage and he has it. <laughs> the costume was a big one piece stocking. The actors could not lose or gain weight because it was made to fit them so specifically because it was just like it wasn't flexible at all. Um, apparently Rico Browning has scars from some of the glue used. Then they would paint glue on the leotard and put pieces of, of uh, foam rubber that was molded to see the texture of skin this uh, creature would have on it. And sometimes when they would put the glue on, it would go through the leotard and it would start setting up and get very hot and it would burn me in several places. I still have a little scar from one of them. You hear that a lot on older movies. Yeah, Tin Man, right? Like the Tin Man. Yeah. Yeah, shit like that. Um, The suit in real life was a mossy green color, like very swampy. And Julie Adams says that most recreations of the suit that she's seen are way too colorful and that they're too garish. Um, well, sorry, Julie. That's a black and white movie we were watching. <laughs> yeah, we had to sorry. fill in the blanks ourselves. She says it, she thinks it's funny too, and I, for some reason, I thought I always thought this that um, on like toys and stuff, the creature will have red lips, and she's like, I don't know where people get that from because he doesn't. He's just all green, but for some reason, he's always portrayed as having these weird red lips, and it's really gross looking. Looks like he was just drinking Kool Aid or something. <laughs> One version of the head had tubes with compressed air to make the gills move. Though that like effect that you kind of hate the like. Yeah, I hate it. And like, yeah, gasping for air or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so music, we got Henry Mancini doing stuff for this. Is that like the the Henry Mancini? No, Wait. that's Manfredi- Manfredini. Oh, fuck. Henry Mancini is like Sorry. Breakfast at Tiffany's, and like he he does a lot of. Um, I, I always think of him like he's very classy, like his music sounds very like dainty and classy. So all the stuff he did in, in Creature is kind of the lighter stuff. Lots of flutes, I feel like, is his his thing. And then you got Hans J. Salter and Herman Stein doing the other music. And this movie has a theme and that theme plays non-fucking-stop this whole movie. And I don't love it. <laughs> The movie's soundtrack is basically the Blu-ray menu, where it's just the same theme, like, repeating over and over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey. We got to take a break really quick to talk about this week's sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace. Um, Have you ever tried designing a website? Yeah. You've done other ones besides your uh, horror movie. Oh, God. you Okay, yeah. Besides the horror movie one, the other website that I learned HTML to make was for the MWF, Mayhem Wrestling Federation, yes. my backyard wrestling league. I love it. Whereas, wherein I wrestled under the name Fireball, but I, I designed a website for us where with pictures and videos and frames, a little sidebar frame, it was ugly. It was ugly. It was real but ugly. hard to learn how to. It was to... real hard to learn, Chelsea. Yeah, but you know what? Huh. You don't have to go through all that anymore no? to make a website because you can use Squarespace. They pretty much just do everything for you. Like, you have to do the, you have to actually set the thing up. And I still have to wrestle my click. friends on the trampoline. You still have to wrestle your friends okay. and you still have to make an account for Squarespace and sign up and like pick some stuff, you know, pick how you want it to look. But besides that, you got pre made templates done by award-winning designers and they have stuff now they've got email campaigns it's like a new thing where uh you can make your emails if you have like an email list and stuff let's say you want fireball at mayhemwf.com yeah and you want to email i don't know who you'd be emailing a big email blast to as fireball all the fans all the fans you want to email all your fans yeah well then you can make your emails stand out in their inbox you know how make it stand out visually and make it look like your website, so it all feels cohesive. Oh, cool. Yeah. I could have like little fireballs. I bet they would look better than like the Angel Fire gifts that I would, Ooh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Those are pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's because they have like customizable layouts and stuff for email. So it's not just like wall of text. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy That's to cool. read. Yeah. I think I've seen those. Yeah. Because a lot of websites use this. 
Squarespace. Yeah. Lots of uh, lots of websites trust them because yeah. they're easy and good. And so I see the website, I see the emails from websites. I'm like, yeah, I've noticed that in the past, I don't know, year or so, emails have gotten a lot fancier. Yeah. They're no longer. And they don't just look text. like garbage on your phone. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's because this is all like thing. optimized for mobile. For like, sure. Yeah. Uh, nothing to patch or upgrade ever because I never upgrade stuff when I'm told to. I'm bad at that. No. Yeah. I push that. I just never do it. Uh, free and secure hosting, built-in search engine in case someone wants to search, I don't know, like old fireball stats or whatever you got. Oh, yeah, because, the you know, I developed a lot of storylines to go into the future, too. So right. maybe people could find, find like, the old storylines that I had. Yeah. And uh, 24-7 customer support. That's big. It is. Because good customer support sometimes hard to find. <laughs> it's but they've often got, hard to find. They've got good customer service you can find all the time. We're on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, if you're a wrestler, if you're amateur wrestler, pro wrestler, wannabe wrestler, past wrestler, future wrestler, you can make a website for that using Squarespace. Oh yeah. Is that on their list of uh, suggested occupations That's, of people who use I think Squarespace? Probably, um, I don't see wrestler on here. I see sports teams. Well, they're sports entertainers though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so go to squarespace.com slash deadmeat mm-hmm. for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code deadmeat to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Yeah, do that. It's the code deadmeat. You know it. You know it. All one word. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, Squarespace. Thank you, Squarespace. Now I can make a website for the squared circle. That's what they call the wrestling ring. Wait, really? Yeah, I think that's what they call the wrestling. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. All right. You want to hop into the actual plot? I still have more behind the scenes fun stuff yeah. hidden in here. But uh, I wrote down this like opening. There's a weird opening montage of like the ocean. It's talking about when life happened. Can, and... I, can I say it? Sure. Is it, the, is it narrated? Is that what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it opens like a fucking episode of Cosmos or something. It does, yeah. yeah. It's very, uh, very large scale. In infinite variety, living things appear and change and reach the land, leaving a record of their coming, of their struggle to survive, and of their eventual end. The record of life is written on the land where, 15 million years later, in the upper reaches of the Amazon, man is still trying to read it. Spore. Coming to... <laughs> Oh, the game sport? Yeah, coming to computers near you Computer. from EA Games. Yeah. Yeah, what's that 15 million years about? I, I Okay, here's what... We both thought that was a weird number. Mm-hmm. 15 million Cause, like, years. Because I'm thinking dinosaurs. Soon. Or, 15 million yeah. years. That's like a very short era of dinosaurs, maybe? Mm-hmm. I think dinosaurs were around for like hundreds No, of but I mean like like a subgroup of dinosaurs, maybe like 15 million. Sure. But yeah, yeah, that's short. But then I tried Googling. <laughs> I I found life reached land specifically about 450 million years ago. But then I was trying to find, well, what did we think in the 50? Like what? And then I realized I'm not smart enough to like parse out. <laughs> I was just reading stuff on the fucking Cambrian era. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know what actually was applicable to this. And then I dropped that bit that I was going to (laughs) do. I chopped it hard. I would love to know if this opening crawl is in any way accurate. Although there is some other science in this that I was very skeptical of that I Googled and like it's actually pretty on point. See, I I would just take the stance that you can't trust 50 science. No. I mean, look at how they drew T-Rexes. Yeah. They look crazy. You know, any any time you're talking about old stuff in the 50s, I don't trust that. I mean, the 50s, we still weren't like sure about lead nah but i mean i guess they did make nukes <laughs> that's true they got that shit down by then <laughs> yeah that's true uh so we open there's a geology expedition in the amazon and they unearth this ancient foam latex glove. it's very obviously like a plastic it was or, one that and- they fucking ran through the mold and we're like ah oh, shit this one's got air holes in it and like it's fine we'll use it for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah it like shakes yeah it, but it's a it's a fossil of of a creature arm and this is a huge discovery because it shows the link between land and sea animals mm-hmm. yeah like salamanders isn't yeah. that what they're they're kind of like or uh, lungfish lung they're talking about lungfish yeah which are those 
real, I guess. Yeah, I they're guess real. They're real. They look fucking nasty. They've yeah. got like these weird appendages that are floating around and are almost like I don't hate limbs. Them. They're kind of fun. I kind of hate them. They remind me a little bit of axolotls. Those are cute. What are the, what I'll are those? show you them. They're really cute. Okay. You'll, you're going to fall in love with them as soon as I show you. They might be your new favorite thing. Well, you think water bears are cute. No, okay. Axolotls are, are like actually cute. Water bears are cute because, I mean, yeah. No, no, no. It's a different. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they just hack the shit out of this rock. And I don't know if this is like good dig site protocol. It just seems like they're going at this. It just <laughs> made me very anxious. Um, the leader of this dig, Dr. Carl, visits his friend and former student David at an aquarium he works at with his girlfriend, Kay. Yeah. And David persuades his boss, Mark, who is like the guy we're the tall. The, the financier. Yeah, the what I think tallest as, man yeah. in the movie. <laughs> that isn't the creature. They, they convince him to fund an expedition to find the rest of the skeleton. And I write here that Dr. Carl has a very good exploring outfit on. Back at the camp in the Amazon, the creature emerges. Yes. And he investigates the tent that's there. It's Dr. Carl's camp. And there's two assistants in there who freak out and attack the creature. So the creature kills them both. Yeah, the creature kills because they're natives. I think they're supposed to be well, uh, natives I think of the they're area. Tomas and Luis or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're supposed to be natives. Uh, spoiler, the creature just kills natives. Yeah. Oh, no, he also kills, well, one character who's not a native, but. Yeah, but he kills off all the. He kills off all the natives, except for the boat captain. He makes it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the research team, played by Rod Redwing, who had a long career as a Native American actor. You put like that he... in quotes. I did, yeah. What's that Because he would, well, that what that means is he would play, because um, back you know, at this time, TV shows, movies, Native American portrayal is like cowboys and Indian shit. And there literally would be a roster in Hollywood of like just people that would always play. Like their job was always playing bit parts as Native Americans. Um, don't think it mattered so much that they were actually Native American because apparently in a census, this guy was born in India. So he's not Native American. you got the wrong Indian. Yeah. But you're going to pay me? All right. But I think this is like an ironized Cody thing where he also oh. like, like he trained other actors in guns, knives, tomahawks. Like he knew what he was doing. And then, yeah, ironized Cody's the guy who is in the, he's the crying, the crying he Indian was, ad. Uh, he Sicilian. Was, yeah. Yeah. Italian, yeah. But he had, that was his job was just playing Native Americans and, and stuff. Okay. The, Okay. Yes, this is the science that I was very skeptical of. Oh, you were? You expressed skepticism of this while we were watching. I was like, no fucking way. I doubt it. Here's Okay, so here's the quote from the movie. The anteater is a giant with the strength of a bear. The centipede grows to be a foot long. The Amazonian rat is as big as a sheep. So I thought, bullshit, that all sounds so crazy. Yeah, you were basically throwing shit at the TV. <laughs> basically. But... In my, I investigated and I found oh that the one of these is horrifying and I don't like it. And I uh, think you can guess which one. It's the fucking centipede. Yeah, it is. No. So the giant anteater, I'm not going to try and pronounce the scientific name I put down here. Also known as the ant bear. So literally it's an anteater called the ant bear is a large insectivorous mammal native to Central and South America. I'm just reading straight from Wikipedia, by the way. Just, <laughs> it's a big anteater. Just so no one it's calls it. It's a big anteater. Um, it's classified with sloths in the order Pelosa. Hmm. And it lives on the ground like it's terrestrial. And a, the giant anteater is the largest of its family. It can be 5.97 to 7.12 feet in length. That's so big. That's yeah, pretty big. That is bear sized. But it's probably including its tail. Oh yeah, but still, it's and so it's big. Anteaters are the ones with the snouts, right? Uh-huh. No, or am I thinking of aardvarks? Nope, you're thinking anteaters because that's how they get in there. The, oh yeah, yeah. But that's huge. They'll that's so big. I feel like they're nice too. They want because <laughs> I was an insect. There's a little segment in there about like how they behave towards humans, and there's only like a couple recorded cases of them killing people, but because people were fucking around with them. Oh yeah, that's what people do. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we're like the greatest threat to everything on earth. The 
Scolopendra gigante. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds like a fucking. It's go- a Scolopendra gigante. gigante. So it's known, it's the Peruvian giant yellow leg centipede. So gross. Or Amazonian giant centipede. It's one of the largest centipedes of the genus Scolopendra with a length up to 12 inches. So literally foot-long centipede, just oh, like you God, said. Oh, God, I hate it. Yep. And it preys on other sizable arthropods. That's disgusting. Amphibians, mammals, and reptiles. Closest thing I could find to rats the size of sheep are capybars. <laughs> yes, which are the best. Yep. Um, so, okay, this group of scientists, they board the steamer Rita, and the captain, according to Wikipedia, is Krusty Lucas. I did not find him referred to that way once in the script. I don't, I don't remember that. And Krusty isn't capitalized on Wikipedia, which makes me think someone just put that there, like, as an adjective. Like, he's a crusty old... But, like, I feel like it should be the crusty sea captain. Lucas, not just Krusty yeah, Lucas. Yeah, you can't be Krusty Lucas. The fuck but is Krusty Lucas what doing? We're calling him. Uh, okay. We got David, who's Kay's boyfriend. Kay, Carl, the scientist from the beginning, who's like their their teacher. Um, Mark, who is the boss and tall. And Dr. Edwin, who is there. Question mark. Yeah. Hey, even you're, you're, even you're erasing the natives. There's Z and... Uh... But that's the thing is that I was looking at the cast and I couldn't figure out and I was looking at the script from the movie. I couldn't figure out who were the guys in the tent that get killed. No, those Tomas and Luis. Oh, okay. And And the other is Z, Chico, and... and... It was just those two, I think. And they were brothers. No, I swear there's a third one. No, you're thinking of Krusty Luke. I'm not. Am I thinking? Yeah, it's just Krusty Luke and his his right-hand men. I see. Z and uh, Chico. So they arrive at camp and they discover Carl's dead assistants who were, who again? Tomas. Tomas and, and Luis. Luis. Yeah. And Krusty Lucas says that it was probably a jaguar. Oh no. He doesn't have, he's not, oh, he doesn't have a definitive answer. Everyone's kind of weirded out. But um, Kay goes and sticks her feet in the water and that's when we see our first glimpse of like the creature, you know, grabbing Going for her. Yeah. yeah. And yep. Kay's the only woman on this trip and it seems like it sucks especially because she has this thing with um with is it David yeah David and Mark is clearly bitter about it yeah he's got a boner for her yeah and it's worse because he I think has this idea that I gave you a job like I'm the reason you have a job woman yeah it is it's a little which that was interesting who do you think's more attractive Oh, you like Mark. Mark. Yeah. yeah, you like Mark. I mean, look at him, though. <laughs> <laughs> he, looks, he looks like Ian Glenn. He looks like, um, even though this is black and white, you can so tell that he has that 1950s style tan, you know, where it, it, that was super and he's, in he's style. he's blonde, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like that tan skin and blonde hair. Yep. It's weird. Yep. <laughs> Put, like, that gross tanning oil on oh, and no. go out. Yeah. Go sunbathe with the creature. The sunbathing beauties from, you know, 1950s sunbathing beauties. <laughs> they excavate the area where the fossil was and don't find anything, but there's a lagoon, a black lagoon, if you will, that's <laughs> down that's downriver. <laughs> so they head there in case anything washed away and ended up in the lagoon, but they're not aware that the creature is watching them and is making eyes at Kay. He likes you. <laughs> <laughs> so they set up in the lagoon. Mark and David die for samples. Someone's taint is like right in the camera. I think it's a David taint shot. He I think swims it's like David's. right over the camera and the camera gets out. It's just a right eye up full there. of taint. I mean, I was nervous. It's like that pterodactyl at the end of Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> oh my God. You're just up for this pterodactyl's asshole for like the last minute of that movie. <laughs> it's so like I don't know who is the perfect way to end that piece. It of shit really movie. is. It absolutely it just gets some dactyl taint in there. Yeah, it's this pterodactyl just showing you its asshole. Like, yeah, fuck <laughs> you. You pay money. He like for looks this. back at you <laughs> yeah. and he's like, yeah, you like what you see. Eat, yeah, eat my ass. I can't believe you watched this whole movie. Um, uh, 
Kay takes a swim after they're done diving for rock samples, and the creature swims along with her, and that's like, this is the most famous scene. Because she's like swimming near at, on the surface, and he's like swimming underneath on his back. And yeah. That's a cool shot. I don't know how this guy is swimming around this fucking costume, dude. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. He's swimming real fluidly. I was hoping they would talk a little more about that in the creature features. No. But, they're, they're I mean, they like talk they about like, filming you, it, but it yeah. just sounds like... He was just able to do it. Yeah. They wow. talk a little bit about um, they tried putting like a mask so he could breathe underwater in there and like goggles, but none of that would fit. So he's just down there holding his breath with like no goggles. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So that blew my mind. I don't. Yeah. I don't know, man. It seems really dangerous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This scene is is very sexual. It's like lots of sexual undertones. And this is confirmed i guess jack arnold confirms yep this scene is basically supposed to be sex because yeah she's on she's on the top he's on the bottom and they're mirroring each other and it's just very metaphorical weird sex and it is so funny on this on the creature features it's all these dudes just talking about i mean not so explicitly but basically saying yep this scene gave me my first boner <laughs> it's so funny it's the most modest swimsuit yeah ever. not for the time though yeah, yeah. i guess and that's what the act uh julie adams says is she's like yeah that swimsuit was racy for the time it really? was specially made for the movie. Julie Adams also says that this scene is the one where you really feel the creature's heart, and I just thought that was sweet. <laughs> it is like a love dance, and and you feel his his heart that uh, that he's falling in love with this uh, with this creature who's swimming on top of the water and swimming here, and he looks and so on. So it's really a love scene. Krusty Lucas Ugh. is spending the whole movie really struggling with the idea of science. They're fishing for rocks. They're, why are they going underwater and grabbing rocks and not fish? Like, he can't handle... He just can't He does understand. not understand. Like fishing for rocks. And some some dumb ass, like some poor asshole, I forget if it's Mark or what, is like, oh, it's because we want to do uranium dating on them. And then he, <laughs> that blows Lucas's mind. He has no idea what it that means. It blows the crust right off, man. It does. <laughs> Poor Lucas. He just knows that <laughs> they're in a lagoon where he has heard that people go and don't come back. So he he seems pretty, like, cavalier about this whole thing. Yeah, he's pretty chill. He is, yeah. He's getting paid, whatever. Uh, Mark wants to harpoon the shit out of the creature. He's right. Like, Mark's got some bloodlust, dude. He really does. He's the Michael Shannon of this he movie. Is. He really wants to kill this thing. He just wants to kill it. He just wants to kill it. He's got a harpoon. Like, the Mark action figure comes with harpoon action. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Good poon action. Whatever the species might be, if you let it alone, it won't bother you. Yeah, maybe. But if you're wrong, this harpoon will correct any mistakes. They go underwater with a giant camera so they can take <laughs> pictures of it. And when they see the creature, Mark fucking spears him. <laughs> the creature gets away. And yes, direct Mark quote. I tell you, if it's what I think I saw, it's the greatest find yet. Yeah. He's, so I'll kill it. Yeah, says Mark, <laughs> who he just wants to kill it. Cool. Very good. The creature now has climbed up on the boat where where are they downstairs they're, watching they're, the footage? yeah they're beneath they're like below deck below deck seems a lot bigger in the shots it's of very below big deck. yes yeah. you see the boat from the outside you're like oh that's a small little that boat. would be really small no this room they're in is a little yeah they're hanging out <laughs> developing film and shit <laughs> they all have a lot of personal space <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So they're below deck and the creature's up on the deck of the boat. And apparently, so he's like kind of trudging around. And I guess that they, oh, he kills another boat. He kills Chico. Remember, he kills Chico. R.I.P. We don't really talk about him anymore. No, Chico's never mentioned again. It's uncomfortable because then they're later, someone's listing casualties and you're like, no, well, no, there's your whole like other crew. Well, once, once, spoiler alert, once Mark gets killed, he's the only one they talk about having been killed. Yeah. They're like, he killed Mark. Yeah, and four other and dudes. And four other people. <laughs> I know. It's not great. <laughs> the creatures walk, I guess. Jack Arnold wanted him to kind of glide because he is a fish person trying to walk around. He is a fish person. And uh, they put 10 pound weights on the bottom of Ben Chapman's shoes so that he couldn't lift his <laughs> feet up super high <laughs> so that he'd be kind of forced to slide across the the deck. Hey ben, does, uh, does walking around in that costume suck? 
Um, yeah, Kay's up smoking. She's, oh, yeah, she's smoking. Yeah, she's smoking, and she throws the cigarette butt in the water and they're it like pans down to the creature who's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> he literally is the like like capital d colon like sad face is oh. what he looks like <laughs> um someone I, I forget who um in the dvd like extras pointed this out it was someone on like the, i think it was like a film historian but he was saying that this movie is kind of the beginning or one of the earliest movies to have an environmental type message. This is like early environmentalism because like we didn't really give a shit in the 50s. Not Rachel Carson. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's not a coincidence that after she throws the cigarette butt in the water, we fade to this shot of all these dead fish, which isn't because of her throwing trash in the water. It's because the other no. scientists are like, this is when we get into some weird like ethically weird you know, methods for catching the monster but this is when they put fish poison in the lagoon hoping to get the the creature to either die or pass out or something so they can kidnap him but they just kill a bunch of fish it is nuts just watching all these scientists who should know better like destroy this eco this contained ecosystem that according to them earlier According to Krusty Lucas, it's this untouched, ancient, oh yeah, like pristine. Well, they want a gill man. They want a gill man, so they're gonna. Let's damn it, it, we're gonna just tossing cigarette butts and poison. Yep, just get that gill man. Yep, worth it. It's all very worth it. Um, there's a monkey noise that <laughs> happens around here that comes from somewhere in the jungle that just sounds like a guy yelling. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And um, at, at nighttime, the backdrop behind this boat changes from just straight up real trees to a clearly painted backdrop, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is just really noticeable because we're watching this new Blu-ray release. It's that. not as bad as the wrinkled backdrops in Frankenstein. Oof. And I think those two are, I think even before those came out on Blu-ray, like that was a thing that people noticed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that sucks. I'm just watching those opening scenes in Frankenstein like, no, they need to steam. <laughs> it like drives me nuts. Um, still great. Still like just a great movie. But those fucking backdrops. <laughs> God. Okay. So the crew goes into the creature's cave. It has like a little layer that's above water. You have to like oh, yeah, go underwater. To, like, go under but then it's. Back up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the creature kills another crew member that Z. Yeah. That's Z. That's Z. Also native. Chico's brother. So we don't really talk about him. Yeah, that's it now. Yep. Uh the creature picks up K and one of the dudes, I think it's Mark. It's definitely Mark. This is a very Mark thing to do. <laughs> he hits the like he starts just wailing on the creature with a shotgun, but he's holding the shotgun by the barrel. Like the barrel's pointing at his face and he's hitting the creature with it that's so insane that thing should have just gone off and killed him that would have been really good the creature then gets put in a cage on the boat yeah they like knock him out and then put him in a little like cage on the boat yeah he's just like yeah he looks so sad he looks like the wednesday frog the what the wednesday frog it is wednesday my dudes is wednesday my dudes that's what he looks like peeking out of that it's a frog i thought it's just like guy it's like a no it's a actually it's a toad i think what are you talking about? It's Wednesday, my dude. Yeah, that's it's like the... a guy. It's a video of a guy. That guy is quoting a toad. Is he really? I think so. Oh, I shit. think it originates with the toad. Oh, uh, we probably sound old. I sound fine because I know about the Wednesday, my dude, toad. Oh, no. Which is probably an old meme now. <laughs> oh, my. That's super old. <laughs> Kay comes up on the deck and and she says she can't sleep. I'm like, yeah, now with all these animals fucking <laughs> screaming outside. But shouldn't you be resting, Kay? I couldn't sleep. This is when I I almost uh, I liked all this this stuff. I wish we had like a little more. Yeah, because this, this was actually I was like a really character conversation in it. Yeah, it's uh, this Dr. is why I think Doctor Edwin's here. Mm-hmm. Because doctor, she has to have someone to talk to about this. And so Dr. Edwin gives Kay a pep talk about not feeling guilty for wanting to be with... Um, David. Oh, I, fl- I flipped him on accident. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing like weird fanfic on accident. <laughs> she, she, she feels guilty for 
being with David instead of Mark because Mark is the again the one who like gave her her career and puts up money for stuff and gave her a bunch of things and he's like you've more than repaid him many times over why a good part of his present position at the institute is due to your valuable research and then he immediately he just gets attacked by the creature yeah fuck. what does he say right before he gets attacked he's like and another thing and another thing <laughs> and another thing yeah, creature gets out. Um, like claws its face. Yeah, he yeah he mauls just him pieces out. But Mar- uh, Edwin lives. Edwin spends the rest of the movie just wrapped up like a mummy. Yeah, he you does. can't even talk. It's kind of sad. Yeah, Kay throws a lantern on the creature, and that fucker goes up in flames. I was really disappointed. Nothing about that was on the creature features because oh, yeah. I wanted to know how the fuck they set. What oil slick did he swim through to be that, that flammable? Yeah. Like, what the fuck, creature? Yeah. You just... It's all the oil just from that fucking steamer, just like... <laughs> Although oh, it's a yeah. steamer, so it wouldn't... Yeah. It's a st- steam. Yeah, but <laughs> you got my joke. I got it. Yeah, but I wanted to know how, like, what, how did they do that? Because they throw, la- like, fire right onto the suit. Yeah, and you, yeah. And it doesn't seem, like, the cut, at least, if there is a cut to a burn suit, is, you can't, I don't well, know. that costume's probably just thick enough to... That's so crazy. ...double as a burn suit, and then, what, he just jumps in the water? I guess. You can't just be burning oh in the 50s foam latex? yeah you can oh, fuck it dude yuck yuck burn whatever you want it smells so bad ozone what oh my god that's right <laughs> was it cfc's yeah yeah and everything throw your fridge out wherever you want who cares <laughs> we don't need to worry about that shit hairspray hey you know what ozone problem that we fixed it is amazing that we we were like we, oh that's this is a problem Oh, we now, took care we, of we it. We fixed it. We fixed. Is Good there job, still humans. a hole over Australia? Uh, I think a little one, but like it's significantly smaller than it was in like what the early nineties. Yeah, the nineties is it was really bad. We fixed. Like we can do it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we can fucking fix it. I just wonder if it's because the stuff that CFCs were in isn't like big in like the big <laughs> the like, big fri- big refrigerators yeah, all big like Freon. yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know. Um, <laughs> David wants to leave. Mark does not because he wants to fucking kill this thing. The lagoon gets blocked off by logs that the creature put yeah, there. Yeah, the creature just dams up this he lagoon. He does, yeah, so none of them can leave. I My notes start getting really brief because, like, this it's a lot of, like, um, just watching people run around and yeah, it's just a lot. Of sw- like yeah, I wish we had more scenes like that. Co- that character development, yeah. that conversation, because a lot of this movie is just people swimming around underwater, and the underwater shots look good. Yeah, they're cool. But by 2019, I've seen my share of underwater shots. I'm good. Yeah, I'm sure they were novel for the time, but there's just a lot. Yeah, of underwater shots. Yeah, Mark punches David. There's a dude fight, a uh, poon fight. <laughs> <laughs> Do they fire harpoons at each other? I thought he was firing at the creature. Yeah, he is, it. but like... It almost hits him, though. Yeah, I think he... Yeah, gets a little reckless. Yeah, I think he gets a little rise out of almost yeah. hitting him. Uh, Mark gets mauled to death oh, yeah. by the creature while he's trying to capture him His underwater. His just floats up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how emasculating for him. <laughs> The creature grabs Kay and jumps off the boat and takes her to his cave. And I guess when they were filming this, Ben Chapman hit her head on the wall. Oh, he was no. carrying her. Like he just like smacked her head. Cause he can't, he's like, I couldn't see anything in there. Yeah. So he hit her head and there's this really cute publicity still. I don't know. They must've had the photographer on set that day, but it's literally her. It's like, one or two crew members patching up her head and, and the creature's sitting there like like watching like and it's so cute he just you could tell he's like really concerned <laughs> it's really really sweet uh the way he talks about her is so sweet it's like i don't know it seems like that a cute relationship because he was younger he was like 24 yeah and and we saw she was 28 i bet he was very intimidated by her she's Mm -hmm. already like an actress and she is like she's gorgeous and and it was so funny he just is like she's a very professional lady we took a couple of hours off and julie was ready to go again you know put a little makeup on it but she was a very professional lady and when he carries her into the cave that's like the other iconic shot of him carrying her Yeah, Yeah, yeah coming out of the water um, Lucas, David, and Carl rescue her and they shoot the shit out of the creature and we just see it sink and that's the end. Yeah, as soon as it starts sinking into the water, I was like, the end, show me that title card and there it was. No, yeah. 
I I do like older movies for that. <laughs> that they when just... I, when the stuff is done, the movie's done, <laughs> and we don't need. Well, it's not like these characters have anything to unpack. But that's that's the thing is if you make this now, which is going to happen, we're getting a remake of this. A hundred percent. Yeah, uh, that like is it Lee One Else doing it? I think. Oh, creature. I'd have to double check. On this one? Okay. Yeah, but cool. yeah, they were like re-rebooting Dark Universe. Yeah, re-rebooting. Good for them. The mummy. Yeah, maybe yeah. let's just not talk about that one. Yeah, I kind of uh, do not... someday want to do an episode. Oh yeah, I'd love to watch it. Um, but they're not gonna make the Johnny Depp Invisible Man. Oh, thank fuck. Thank fuck. Thank God. So literally we'll get... get anyone else to play. So we'll get, get you, need, you know who you need, John Cena. <laughs> What if? But like, what if? <laughs> that would be the most incredible casting ever. I would go see it. I would see the fuck out of John Cena, Invisible <laughs> oh, Man. man. You can't see him. You can't see him. <laughs> um, Yep. I don't even remember what I was talking about because I'm thinking about that version of that movie. And that's they would really need funny. so much bandages to wrap him up, though. He'd be they, really big. The budget yeah. would balloon yeah. just out of the bandages they would need to wrap him up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I feel like if we, okay, so I'll call it now, this movie gets made now, they shoot down the creature, assuming that all stays the same, bunch of shit after that. Oh yeah. And well, those characters, come on, those characters are going to be more fleshed out and people that are going to need to resolve some I know human being stuff. They're anyway, not- <laughs> I just like the simplicity of, you just see his fucking body, <laughs> but he's not dead because we got to have a sequel, Revenge of the Creature. It came um, out the, the following year, didn't it? Yeah, like really soon after. Damn. They they King Kong him. They they nab him, take him back to America, and he fucks shit up. Cool. And then we've got, and this movie sounds insane, The Creature Walks Among Us. Which came out the following year, right? These were bam, bam, bam. Oh, were I they? I, I didn't write down the years. One after the other. Um, the Creature... <laughs> Something happens where again he gets set on fire, but for some reason this time it like really it really hurts him, and he gets surgery, and they transform him to look more like a human. It is the creepiest looking. I saw thing. one shot from this thing, and, and he's running weird. around in a suit. Yeah, they have him in a in a like a David Byrne suit. It's really <laughs> big and weird, and he's all smooth now. He looks closer to that original concept. The shot I saw was him standing on a beach, like looking out towards the water it's, in his suit. God, it is so funny. I really, I have more interest in that than the than Revenge, even though I think Revenge is. I think probably I have more. A, I think I have more interest in both of those than the original. <laughs> I mean, like this movie, they're just it it feels so small to me is the thing yeah. cuz they're just on a boat in a small lagoon the whole time, just swimming around in the water. Yeah. And obviously, it's a cool movie, cool oh, movie history. Yeah, I like obviously yeah. still like it and Yeah, I like yeah, I'm really liking all the monster movies like For you sure. know, seeing them again as an adult and Yeah, this yeah. I see what you mean, though. I feel like it's a, it's less um, less thought provoking than the older ones, which is interesting because it sometimes in the beginning tries to talk about lofty things. There's a few running themes of like that's not what a scientist would do, or like you're not acting much like a scientist right now, and it never gets really expanded upon. It's like they they start to have these ideas, but once they get in that lagoon, it's just swimming underwater and looking for a fish, man. I'd be interested to learn more about the them writing this movie and how different it would have been making a monster movie like in the hardcore studio era versus like these earlier ones yeah. where there's way more freedom. And I think, yeah, I think you just don't. And especially because by now, like you said, the universal monster brand was a thing mm-hmm. when Frankenstein was made just Dracula and I think Phantom had been out. Like, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. By this, there's probably a certain expectation of, like, a new universal monster, just like the ones we know and love. What's this one going to be like? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's but, cool, though. I mean, yeah, it's still classic yeah. for a reason. Definitely still worth watching because it's fucking 70 minutes, whatever. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, that's the best. All these old ones are nice and short. Oh, wait, isn't this one, like, 79 minutes? Still. Starting to creep up there. That's true. We're starting. <laughs> yeah. Still, though. Yeah. Yeah, nice and short. Um, cool. Next week, I do know what we're doing. I usually just have no idea and I wing it. But 
next week we're gonna be doing an episode about John Carpenter. Yeah, which is all John Carpenter. We're gonna have a guest, Chauncey K. Robinson who is a big John Carpenter fan and it'll be kind of a fun experiment because we haven't done an episode where we just talk about a director. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna, I have to cram in so much research before we record. I'm sad I won't be able to join you. I got too much other shit. I just got two whole books in the mail. I got to read, speed read. Damn. Good luck. Yeah. I don't, I just, I watched dark star. I'm watching, I'm, I'm going through and watching ones of his that I haven't seen which includes weird ones like that. Uh, it, it's, yeah, I don't know how to feel about Darkstar. <laughs> well, that'd be great because Chauncey's awesome. She was on a Patreon track. If you're a $3 and up patron, yeah. you can hear her. We watched Most Likely to Die together. Oh, last yeah, month. we did. That was a fun movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, do you want to do social media? Sure, yeah. Follow Dead Meat on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Dead Meat James. And also make sure you follow me on Twitch. That's a new thing, Dead Meat oh, James yeah. on Twitch. We stream. We just streamed a, a wrestling game where we made a horrible abomination. And then I went and did something else, and Chelsea made a fucking picture-perfect rendition of herself. I made myself as a wrestler. It's really yeah, good. I got I to gotta tweak it some more. And then we'll put it on like the Reddit or, or something <laughs> so people can see it. But I'm going to, I might after this, I might start making you. Yeah. So then we can post that too. Cool. Um, You can follow me at Carebeck, C-R-E-B. Wow, my brain just like broke. Yeah, it did. <laughs> okay. You can follow me at C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, com. And feel free to email any suggestions or feedback about the podcast to deadmeatpod at Mm gmail.com. We'll see y'all next week. But until then, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast.